Good morning, listeners. It's Britt, the Petite Polymath, and today I'm going to be talking about the book Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close by Abinatu So and Anne Friedman. Buckle up. So, hello everyone. It's a dreary Sunday. I think it's the second Sunday of Advent we're in now, and I am, I don't know about you, but um, missing you know, the, the people that you normally are around in these festive seasons. This is typically ugly sweater party time and, you know, Christmas cookie exchanges and gathering around a fire pit with people and going out to dinner at some place nice with a, with a group. And that's not really happening this year. Thank you, COVID. Uh, on the other hand, I think we've gotten creative and kind of made our little circle smaller or have turned them into virtual connections to try to remember the reason for the season. Um, and so I turned to this book about friendship, which seemed like a perfect uh, pivot after learning about caste systems um, and the way that we stratify social structures, right? So um, to give you a bit of background, um, so actually, uh, I had not listened to, the, to this pair of women's podcast, which is called Call Your Girlfriend, uh, in homage to Robin's song, Call Your Girlfriend, which is great if you have not heard it. Um, but I had heard people talk about the podcast and how great it was, and it was this, you know, pair of friends, interracial friendship, uh, they're best friends, they live long distance now and it's this you know kind of you get to be in the in the front seat of listening to these friends talk about you know their lives and their interests and their opinions on things so um I'm trying to remember how I found out about the book oh yes um of a kind which I loved um it was a it was a a blog of sorts, and then a shop, and then a podcast, and then they had a book um, about being in business with, with friends as women. Uh, Erica and Claire, who are awesome, and I follow them on Instagram, they really loved this idea of kind of the work wife and relationships with women that become professional, but are also rooted in deep friendships, uh, despite, you know, marital status or people having children or living in the same city, etc. And so they talked about how, I think they had this pair of women on their show and they talked about how they'd written a book together about friendship. And of course, like the internet is good at doing, it can show people what you want them to know about you, but it's not always a true, um, a true reflection of what's happening in real life, right? We get a curated view of someone's life on a podcast or on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, maybe not so much on Twitter, but definitely on those other ones because you don't, you know, tell people maybe always the mundane things or the things that are grievous or the, or the upsetting things that, you know, call people out. You polish it up into a good story or an anecdote or just like this perfectly filtered picture. And so uh, I think that both of these women tell you that their friendship was not necessarily 
as clean cut and easy as it had been framed to be on this podcast. And the podcast actually probably brought into sharp relief that it wasn't. Um, Some themes that stood out to me, because I think that if there is something we are learning today, it is the importance of friendship. Uh, Was that friendship is a relationship that is life-giving. And I would say, if we're really being honest, necessary for a well-lived life, unlike some other relationships that we put as higher on the, on the, you know, on the list. Um, but that for some reason, because it's not, you know, uh, solidified by a ceremony or give someone a tax break or, you know, DNA isn't shared with the people in the relationship and they don't create a child, um, or they're not a sibling, that it doesn't matter as much and that it's frivolous um, and that it can just be discarded when it gets difficult, right? They push back at that notion and that friendship is actually the foundation of almost any good thing in this life. If you don't have friends to celebrate and share with, what are you actually even doing? And that inevitably there will be a crossroads at your relationships and knowing what you decide to do at that crossroads will determine if you will end up with a big friendship, which is the way they frame, you know, I guess what we would call a best friend or not. And I just thought that was a very beautiful um, declaration. They have some really fun statements or, or things they've coined um, that have now taken on a life of their own. So there's this theory of um, the shine theory, and it is, you know, when, when I shine, you shine. When you shine, I shine. So let me help you not just be a better person, but let me also, any talents or opportunities that I can have that can propel you in your career or in your life, I want to be the catalyst for you to be better and better. And any secrets I have to success, I want to share. Any doors I can open, I want to open, which I think is really beautiful and kind of, you know, cuts at that um, competitiveness that we often see as, as one of the cornerstones of particularly female friendships, the cattiness, the backbiting, the envy and jealousy. They say, no, 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 we're not into that. We are here to tell everyone how great our friends are because our friends are a reflection of us. Anything we can do to, you know, propel them forward, we're going to do. And we know that that's going to be returned to us. Uh, and they talk about how this is something that, of course, is common. You know, um, the, the good old boys club is an example of this, right? Um, but it's been exclusive, you know, exclusive, and it has left people out. And the shine theory is rather this view of expanding that circle and building the table. They also had this idea of, um, you know, the mirror that your friendships, which I think they refer to, they talk about a lot of various studies about friendship and the idea that there hasn't been a lot of study done on this relationship. Most long-term relationships that are studied are familial bonds, um, marriages, but they don't really talk about friendship 
and so they've been pushing kind of pushing into to that uncharted territory of of um how do we um actually um quantify with data the ways in which these relationships you know have huge impacts on people i know what i was going to say their idea of the friend web which is different from this like idea of concentric spheres or circles of relationship and i like the friend web because i think about this for my own self um this idea that you know one person can't be everything to you um so you have this network of friends that then kind of spread out and some places in the network are really strong and others might be a little bit more in between and then that can then overlap with other friends that you have in common and i I have a friend from high school Jessica, if you listen to this podcast, you will hear your shout out, who calls it friend integration, where when she uh, meets people that she thinks that they would get along, and, you know, let's say this, these friends live in the same city and she doesn't, she likes to introduce them to each other because she believes that her bonds to friends are further um, strengthened by connecting mutual friends together, which I think is awesome. And I have reaped the benefits of friend integration um, with other friends in my life and I've tried to pay that forward with friends that I have of connecting them together and you know I think reading this just reminded me of the and I think this is a perfect time of the year to be reflecting as we are at the year end and normally I post the favorite music I've been listening to this year which I guess I should keep that up we'll see how that goes the people who follow me on social media but um I do reflect a lot at the year end about relationships and and how they've gone or not gone and I, it's not just the stuff that's happened in the year it's over the course of my life I, I, I wax nostalgic and this book just made me stop and pause and think about the friends that I've had the big friendships that I have the friendships that had the potential to be big friendships but didn't survive and whether they have the potential to be revived or not and I think something that they, um, they talk about here is that friendship like relation, like a romantic relationship in particular, because I don't know, family, maybe not so much. If one person gives up, you don't have a relationship. Like one person cannot carry a friendship. It's not the way it goes. And that maybe the reason why people don't know how to be friends is because it's not modeled in front of us. I I think I've had the privilege, uh, my mother, I think, is an excellent friend to to the friends that she has. And she has a group of of lady friends from university that she has been friends with her entire life. And I know, you know, all of them by name. (laughs) And um, they haven't lived in the same city, most of them. And they've gone through peaks and troughs. Like there have been times in life where like they're super connected. And right now, I think is that time because now they're, you know, empty nesters and and have the space in their lives right to really be there for each other um, in a way that maybe they weren't when they were my age and in the in the thick of of children um, plus we now have social well my mom's not on social media we have the internet which you know they can have you know zoom meetings and email trains and text and things that make it easier to stay connected with intention but, you know, I've seen her work through conflict. 
uh, where other people would say, I'm giving up on this person. Uh, my mom would keep a door open. She'd speak the truth, tell them if they were raggedy, but also say, I love you. And if you want to figure this out, we can figure this out. And I think that was really important for me to see as a young, as a girl, and then as a young woman, uh, and now as just, you know, a woman woman, that friendship takes effort. It sometimes takes more effort than someone else at different times in life because you're in different places. And that it requires difficult conversations sometimes to then, you know, discuss the state of the relationship. Do you want to be here or not? And if so, how do we make this work? And I think what's telling, though, is that some people don't know how to handle you having that conversation with them. And that's not your fault. And if you can't be honest and speak candidly about how someone makes you feel, how someone's actions impact you, about the things in your own heart that keep you from being able to be open to those relationships, you know, I mean, then maybe down the road when that other person has done work, internal work that allows them to be present, you can see if you meet again in the middle and sometimes you just don't because internal work is hard and a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people just don't do it. And that will hamstring their relationships. And so I think that I have shifted in my perspectives of friendship and realizing that it's not so much the growing apart. Yes, there are times in your life where you actually do like the things that you value and the things that the person that you that you were walking alongside valued change and then you aren't on the same page. That's a real thing, right? Um, but beyond that, you can evolve and change and make space for a friend to evolve and change. And it maybe can have some incongruency, but you can decide to love that person and be present still. But it's something you both have to buy into. And uh, that doesn't always happen. And, and so I really recommend this book. I think that if you have had friendships that have gone the way of the dodo bird or ones you have fought for, um, or, though, or people who like really desire friendship and maybe just haven't, haven't had the, the fortune of finding their people, I think this is a really wonderful place to start. I think it can show you how it's possible to be a friend. I'm going to pause for a little bit because then I want to come back and talk about um, the spark that they talked about and um, something that I'm enjoying right now. Okay, so the spark. That is the same thing that you get when you see a cute guy and like you want to talk to him. And then you start talking and you realize you have all these things in common. You can get the friend spark. I have totally experienced this. It is a beautiful thing. I would say it's way better return than having a crush on a guy because it actually like very rarely does it does it come back empty, at least in my own life. And uh, I hope that everyone experiences that where they're like, oh, my goodness, I'm in love with her mind and she has the best shoes and I want to hang out with her. Like there is nothing more joyous 
I'm thinking of my now friend from my intern year, Audrey. Um, I got to the happy hour for our intern class in Philly in 2009. And there, you know, everyone's like wearing like business casual-ish clothing. And there's this girl in a, I want to say it was like a buffalo plaid button down with like jeans and a pair of Converse. And I was just like, this is my person. And we are now friends today. We have been friends now for, oh gosh, 11 years. That's insane to say out loud. The spark is real, folks. The spark is real. Um, but it has been sustained. And we have, we had times where we were, we were on different pages. And you know what? You had to put down your pride, put down your ego, message the person and be like, hey, uh, can we meet up and chat? I feel like things are a little distant or off. And those were, those conversations allowed us to build to a place now where we understand each other's silence, where we understand that maybe just like a funny, a funny gif or buying someone dinner and shipping it to their house or saying, hey, let's plan a trip and meet. That's all we need to break that ice to reset again. And that is how you fight for friendships, folks. It's being open to someone saying to you, I feel like you're pulling away from me. It's having the guts to, to tell someone, I think you're pulling away from me. And being able to hash that out. Um, I have a friend who I've had for over 30 years. And we had to do that too. And we're on the other side of it. Like you don't know what you've got unless you come through the other side of that. You know, I was going through some old Gmail emails from, you know, years ago, maybe like seven years ago, and I emailed a friend to have a conversation. And this person didn't appreciate when I called out some behavior that just kind of made me feel not seen or appreciated or, or kind of overlooked. And now I haven't talked to her for years. I saw her at a wedding. She's had a kid. She didn't tell me about him. <laughs> I like don't live like my hometown's not very far away from where she lives. I don't know if we'll ever talk again because we never were able to bridge that. I come to you with something and you meet with me with defensiveness, not with, okay, let's unhash this. Let's talk about this. And what made it even sadder is that we'd already worked through really messy things first. And I don't, you know, I mean, what do you do with that? Right? What do you do with that? Um, or the friend death. I, I remember another person who I worked, you know, like we went through so many things together, uh, including my car dying, coming home from a wedding, you know, 13 years ago or something. And then one day she just decided she was done. She just disconnected from everybody in our group. And her mother died and she got married and she had children and she just cut everybody off without any explanation. And I'm a nosy person, so like I was stalking her trying to figure out what had happened and like I couldn't get anything. I was like, I, you know, that's when you're just like, okay, I can't make this happen, so I have to, I gotta just sit down and, and accept that I can't make this, I can't make this person stay. And so I think a lot of friendship is learning how much of your will you can impose on someone that it, like I said at the beginning, it requires two people coming together saying, we want this to work. 
And that might be a quote unquote big friendship. That might just be a, just a good solid friendship full of affection and camaraderie that you don't, you know, text every waking moment or, or, um, talk to every week, but you know, you carry them in your heart. And so I hope that you have people like that, um, in your life. I dedicate this to, um, my buddy MG who died, uh, seven years ago. And that was a big friendship that I am so grateful for and that I, uh, I still am filled from and her family is still mine. So, uh, I think a key is to not take for granted the places you can lean in and be loved by people and love them. And so, for my single people, something making me happy as I'm running out of time, you should listen to the podcast A Single Serving by Shani Silver. It is excellent. It will not make you feel like someone with three heads because you're single and childless and in your 30s and you're actually, like, not sad about it, like you're happy. And even if you'd love for someone else to show up, you are fulfilled where you are. I highly recommend the podcast. Please go listen. I don't think I'll talk to you all before the holidays. So have a wonderful remainder of Hanukkah and a blessed Advent, a Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. So a shout out to all my friend nodes. You know who you are. The people who keep me going with funny gifts and memes and pictures of things that we shouldn't be buying online. I love you all. And uh, I hope that, I hope that you all out there find your people. Um, This is a Petite Polymath signing off for 2020.